0: I come from scientists and atheists and white men who kill God. They make technology high-quality, complex, physiological experiments and sacrilege in the name of public good. They taught me everything, just like a daddy should. Chapter 15 Dean straightened up and smoothed his expression. The new woman gave him a friendly smile and waited. She was blonde. I couldn't tell how old. She had the sort of professional polish and attitude of a major network news anchor. She was pretty, actually. Dean gathered up his files, nodded at me, then went to confer with another agent. The new woman sat down across from me. They're all kind of full of hot air, she whispered behind her hand. I was startled into a grin. She reached her hand across the table for me to shake. My name is Ann Walker, she said. And yes, I'm one of them. I'm the one they call in when everything goes kablooey. Have things gone kablooey? I asked politely. She gave a short laugh. Uh, yeah,' she said in a duh tone of voice. "'When we get a call from a hospital saying they got at least two and possibly six previously unknown recombinant DNA lifeforms and one of them is gravely injured, then yes, I think we can safely say that things have gone kablooey with a capital K. "'Oh,' I said. "'Gee, we sound so important.' One side of her mouth twitched. Uh "'Uh-huh. Why the surprise? Hasn't anyone ever told you you were important?' "'Jeb.' The one word shocked my senses, and I went into total shutdown so I wouldn't start bawling like the goofy recombinant life form that I am. Jep had made me feel important, once upon a time. He'd made me feel smart, strong, capable, special, important. You name it. Lately, though, he mostly made me feel blinding rage and a stomach-clenching sense of betrayal. Look, I said coolly, we're in a tough spot here. I know it, and you know it. One of my f- brothers is hurt, and we need help. Just tell me what I have to do so we can get that help, and then we'll be on our merry way. I shot a quick glance at the flock. They were sitting together, eating bagels and watching me. Gazzy cheerfully held up a bagel to show me he was saving one for me. and sympathetic looks at my teeth on edge. She leaned over the table so she wouldn't be overheard. Max, I'm not going to tell you a bunch of crap, she said, surprising me again. Like the crap you're giving us about your parents being missionaries. We both know that isn't true. And we both know that the FBI isn't in the business of just helping people out because they're so wonderful and special. This is the deal. We've heard about you. Rumors have been filtering into the intelligence community for years about a hidden lab producing viable recombinant life forms. But it's never been verified. And people have always dismissed it as urban legend stuff. Needless to say... The very possibility that it could be true. Well, we've got people assigned to finding out and cataloging info, hearsay, or suspicion about you. You and your family. Wait till she find out about the erasers. Anne took a breath and sat back, keeping her eyes on me. So, you see, we consider you important. We'd like to know everything about you. But more important? If the stories are true? Then our entire country's safety could be at stake if your so-called family were to get into the wrong hands. You don't know your own power. She let that sink in for a moment, then smiled ruefully. How about we make a trade? You give us a chance to learn about you in non-painful, non-invasive ways, and we'll give Nick the best medical care available and the rest of you a safe place to stay. You can rest up, eat, Nick can get better, and then you can decide what to do from there. I felt like a starving mouse staring at a huge hunk of cheese, set right in the middle of an enormous max sized trap. I put a look of polite disinterest on my face. And I believe this is all straight up because it would be great if I could offer you guarantees, Max, said Anne. But I can't. Not anything that you would believe. I mean, come on, she shrugged. A written contract? My word of honor? A really sincere promise from the head of the FBI? We both laughed. Those wacky agents. It's just, you don't have a lot of choices here, Max. Not right now. I'm sorry. I stared at the tabletop and thought. The horrible thing was, she was right. With Fang in such bad shape, she had us over a barrel. The best thing I could do was accept her offer of shelter and care for Fang. Bide my time and work out an escape later. Silently, I swore a whole lot. Then, I looked up. Well, say I accepted. Where's this safe place you're dangling in front of me? She looked at me. If she was surprised that I was going along with it, she didn't show it. My house, she said. Chapter 16 Fang came out of surgery almost two hours later. I was waiting outside the OR, wound tighter than a rubber ball. The doctor I'd talked to came out, still in his green scrubs. I wanted to grab the front of his shirt, throw him against the wall, get some answers. But I'm trying to outgrow that kind of thing. Ah, yes. Max, was it? Yeah, Max it is. I waited tensely. If the unthinkable had happened, I'd snag the kids and make a run for it. Your brother, Nick. It was dicey for a little while. We gave him several units of blood substitute and it brought his blood pressure to a safe range. My hands were clenching and unclenching. It was all I could do to stand there and focus on the words. He didn't go into cardiac arrest, the doctor said. We were able to patch up his side, stop all the hemorrhaging. A main artery had been hit, and one of his... air sacs. So, what's he like now? I forced my breathing to calm, tried to shut down my fight-or-flight response. Which, in my case, is, you know, literal. He's holding steady, said the doctor, looking tired and amazed. If nothing goes wrong, he should be okay. He needs to take it easy for maybe three weeks. Which meant probably about six days, given our incredibly fast healing rate and regenerative strengths. But geez, six days was a long time. Can I see him? Not till he comes out of recovery, the doctor said. Maybe another 40 minutes. Now, I'm hoping you can fill me in on some of the physiological stuff. I noticed. Thank you, doctor, said Ann Walker, coming up behind me. I mean, I wanted to know. The doctor began, looking at me. I'm sorry, Ann said. These kids are tired and need to rest. One of my colleagues can answer any questions you might have. Excuse me, but your colleagues don't know jack about us, I reminded Ann through clenched teeth. The doctor looked irritated, but he nodded and went back down the hall. Anne smiled at me. We are trying to keep your existence somewhat quiet, she said, until we're certain you're safe. But that's great news about Nick. We walked to the waiting area. The vlog jumped up when they saw me. I smiled and gave them a thumbs up. Nudge whooped and slapped high fives with Gazzy, and Angel ran over to hug me hard. I swung her up and held her tight. He's gonna be fine. I confirmed. "'Can we see him?' Iggy asked. "'Ig, I hate to break this to you, but you're blind,' I said, my relief making me tease him. "'However, in a little while, you can go listen to him breathe and maybe talk to him.' Iggy gave me a combination smile-scowl, which he's extraordinarily good at. "'Hi, everyone,' said Anne. I'd forgotten she was right behind me. "'Max may have told you about me. I'm Anne Walker, from the FBI.' Has Max filled you in on the agreement we made? She was smart. If I hadn't already told them about it, she just confirmed that it was a done deal. Yes, said Angel, looking at her. We're going to stay at your house for a teensy little while. That's right, Anne said, smiling back. Us and Total, Angel said to make sure. Total? My dog. Angel pointed under her chair, where Total was curled up, head poised neatly on his paws how did you get a dog in here? Anne asked, amazed. I didn't want to delve into that too much. Yes, so as soon as F- Nick is somewhat mobile, we'll go to Anne's house. Rest up, get Nick up to 100%. Cool? The others nodded with varying levels of enthusiasm. F- Nick, Iggy muttered, smirking. I ignored him. Actually, Nick won't be mobile for at least a week, Anne said. So we can all head to my place today and he can come out when he's ready. I saw Gazzy blink and Nudge frown. No, I said to Anne. That wasn't what I agreed to. We're not leaving Nick here alone. He'll have doctors and nurses and two agents at his door, round the clock, Anne promised. I crossed my arms over my chest. No, two of your agents would be a snack for an eraser. Anne ignored my joke. Not surprisingly, since she probably didn't have a clue what I was talking about. It will be much more comfortable for you at my house, Anne said. Much better for you. But not much better for Nick, I said. But Nick can't be moved, Anne said. Were you planning to just hang out in his room? Chapter 17 The girls can have the bed, Gazzy said. Iggy and I can sleep on the floor. Excuse me, sexist piglet? I said, raising my eyebrows. How about the two smallest people share the bed, cause they'll fit. That would be you and Angel. Yeah, Nudge said with narrowed eyes. Like I'm too much of a cream puff to sleep on the floor. Gazzy got his stubborn face on, so I walked across the room before he could start arguing. Fang's hospital room was a double, but the other bed was empty. The two smaller kids would sleep in it, and the rest of us would make do. Of course, the prince gets his own bed all to himself, I said to Fang. That's right, Fang said hazily. The prince has a gaping side wound. He still looked like death, extremely pale and groggy. He couldn't eat, so he had an IV drip. Iggy had given him another pint of bird kid blood, and that had helped. Well, they sewed you up, I said. You're pretty gape-free at this point. When do I get out of here? They say a week. So, like, tomorrow? He said. That's what I'm thinking. So, Fnick, can I change the channel? Iggy asked. There's a game on. Make yourself at home, Figgy. Fang said. We crashed early and hard, given what we've been through in the last 24 hours. By 9 o'clock, I was listening to the flocks sleeping all around me. The agent guys had come up with some, like, yoga mats for us. And they weren't bad especially if you've logged time on rocky cave floors and concrete ledges and subway tunnels. Now it was quiet, and I was trying to shut my brain down. Voice, any last-minute remarks you want to get off your chest before I crash? You chose to stay with Fang. No, duh, I replied silently. What Gazzy had said, back on the beach. The little twerp was right. I shouldn't split us up again, even when it seems safer to do it. We did best when we're all together. The whole family together. Family is extremely important, said the voice. Didn't you tell me that once? Yep, I thought. That's where we're going to find our parents as soon as we get out of here. I took a deep breath, trying to relax. I was completely exhausted, but my brain was racing. Every time I closed my eyes, all sorts of images flashed through my mind. Like buildings exploding, a mushroom cloud. Ducks caught in oil slicks, mountains of trash, nuclear power points, waking nightmares. Waking nightmares. So I sat up, eyes open, but it wasn't much better. I'd started feeling bad earlier, but hadn't told anyone. I had a headache, not a grenade type headache, where my brain felt like it was being splattered against the inside of my skull, but just a regular headache. Fortunately, the grenade-type headaches were much fewer and farther between than they had been. My theory was that they were my brain getting used to sharing office space with my rude and uninvited guest, my voice. At any rate, I was incredibly glad they were on leave of absence lately. This wasn't like that. I was hot. My skin was burning. I felt like adrenaline was pouring into my system, making me so jumpy I couldn't stand it. Were the erasers tracking the chip of my arm that I'd seen on the x-ray at Dr. Martinez's office so many days ago? How did they keep finding us? The eternal question. I glanced at Total, sleeping on the bed with Angel and Gazzy. He was on his back, paws in the air. Was he chipped? Were they tracking him now? Ugh. I felt so hot and twitchy and sick. I wanted to lie down in snow, eat snow, rub it over my skin. I fantasized about throwing open the window and taking off into the cool night air. I imagined flying back to Dr. Martinez and her daughter, Ella, the only human friends I'd known. Dr. Martinez would know what to do. My heart was pounding so fast it felt like a staccato drumroll in my chest. I stood up and picked my way quietly over sleeping bodies to the sink in one wall. I turned on the cold water and let it run over my hands. Leaning down, I splashed my face again and again. It felt good, and I wished I could stand under an icy shower. Please don't let me get sick, I prayed. I can't get sick. I can't get Fang sick. I don't know how long I hung over the sink, letting water trickle over my neck. Finally, I thought I could maybe try to sleep again, and I straightened up to dry my face. And almost screamed. I rolled around, but the room was quiet. I whipped back to stare in the mirror again, and it was still there the eraser. I blinked rapidly. What the H was going on? The eraser in the mirror blinked rapidly, too. The eraser was me. Chapter 18 In an instant, cold sweat coated my forehead and the back of my neck. I swallowed, and the eraser Max in the mirror swallowed. I opened my mouth and saw the long, sharp canines, but when I touched them with my finger, they felt small, smooth, normal. I touched my face and felt smooth skin, though the eraser showed me totally morphed. I remembered how ill I had felt, hot and heart-poundy. Oh god, what was all of this about? Had I just discovered a new skill, like angel-reading minds? gazzi able to imitate any voice? Iggy identifying people by feeling their fingerprints? Had I just developed the skill of turning into an eraser, our worst enemy? I felt sick with revulsion and dread. I glanced guiltily round to make sure no one could see me like this. I didn't even know what they would see if they woke up. I felt normal. I looked like an eraser, kind of a cuter blunder-piganese eraser. Respect and honor your enemies, said my voice always. Know your friends well. Know your enemies even better. Oh, please, I begged silently. Please just let this be a horrible lesson and not reality. I promise, promise, promise to know my enemies better. Just let me lose the muzzle. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, Max. I stared at the mirror. Huh? Your hatred of erasers gives you the power to fight to the death, but that hatred also blinds you to the big picture. The big picture of them, of you, of everything in your life. Um, let me think about that and get back to you, okay? Ow. I winced and pressed my fingers to my temples, trying to rub away the pain. I touched my face one last time to make sure it was really smooth, and then I went and looked at Fang. He was still breathing, sleeping. He looked better, not so embalmed. He was going to be alright. I sighed, trying to release my pain and fear, then curled up on my mat next to Nudge. I closed my eyes, but didn't really have any hope of sleeping. I lay in the darkness. The only thing that made me feel better was listening to the even, regular, calm breathing of my sleeping flock. Chapter 19 "'I don't understand it,' said the doctor, gazing at Fang's wound. "'Yeah, well,' I thought. "'That's the whimsy of recombinant DNA.' The doc had come in to change the bandages this morning and found that Fang's gashes were almost healed. Just thin, pink lines of scar tissue. "'Guess I'm good to go,' said Fang, trying to sit up. He was alert, himself, and happiness filled my heart. I'd been so scared. What would I do without Fang? "'Wait!' Ann Walker said, holding up her hand. "'You're nowhere ready to move or leave. Please, Nick, just lie still and rest.' Fang regarded her calmly, and I smirked to myself. If Anne thought I was uncooperative, wait till she dealt with a recovered Fang. Nick, now that you're feeling a bit better, maybe you can convince your brothers and sisters to leave with me, Anne said. I've offered for all of you to come stay at my house, to rest and regroup. She gave a slight smile. Max refused to leave without you, but I'm sure you can see it's pointless for them to stay here and be uncomfortable, and you'd be joining us in a week or so. Fang just looked at her, waiting. I leaned against the wall and crossed my arms. So, how do you feel about it, Nick? Actually, I'd already briefed him, early this morning, since we were up at six. Since, at six, the nurse had been overcome with an overwhelming compulsion to take Fang's temperature right then. Fang met my eyes, and I let one side of my mouth droop. Whatever Max says, he said evenly, she's in charge. I grinned. I'll never get tired of hearing that. Anne turned to look at me. I can't leave Nick, I said, sounding regretful. If you stay, maybe I could examine... The doctor began, and Anne turned to him as if she'd forgotten he was there. Thank you, doctor, she said. I appreciate all your help. It was a dismissal, and the doctor didn't look happy, but he left. We heal really quickly, I told Anne. Fang had still looked bad. And I had too, I thought, remembering the horrible eraser reflection. But this morning, I looked like me, and Fang looked much more like himself again. Fang sat up. What do I have to do to get some food in this joint? You still have an IV, Anne said. The doctors don't want you eating solid food. Her voice trailed off as Fang's eyes narrowed. We saved a tray for you, I said. An orderly had brought us breakfast and we'd saved some of everything for Fang. Anne looked as though she wanted to say something, but held it back. A good move on her part, I must say. I gave the tree to Fang, and he dug into the food with quick precision. I need to get out of here, he said between bites. The hospital smells alone are making me crawl the walls. I knew what he meant. We all had the same reaction. Anything antiseptic smelling, hospital science lab Brought back years worth of bad memories. I looked at Anne. I think Nick is ready to come with us. She looked at me, clearly thinking things through. Okay, she said finally, and I kept the surprise off my face. Let me go clear up the paperwork. It'll take about an hour and a half to drive to my home. I live in Northern Virginia, okay? Yeah, I said. Anne left and I looked around the flock. I don't know what's coming, guys, but keep your eyes open and your heads up. I glanced at Fang. You sure you can move? He shrugged, looking tired again, and pushed away the food tray. Sure. He lay back down and shut his eyes. After all, Fnick is Superman, said Iggy. Shut up, Jeff, I said, but I was smiling. I lifted Iggy's fingers to my face so that he knew. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a Maximum Ride Bootleg Audiobook Podcast. Thing. I am your Olivet Marky, and I don't have much to say. Just, if you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at MaximumCrimePod at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on my Tumblr over at Maximum-Crime-Pod, and if you feel so inclined, you should leave a rating review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. That would be really cool of you if you want to do that. Alright, I think that's all I've got to say. So until next time, fly on.